Last Sunday, we had our congregational meeting. We made commitments as a church to fund our ministries for this next year. We approved a building renovation plan, which you'll hear more about later, and how our commitments uh, can help fund that. Uh, But today, today is about you. Today is about your commitment to Christ, your commitment to this church, not necessarily what we will do together, but what God is calling you to do. When you came in this morning, uh, maybe you saw in the back the commitment cards. If you didn't get one, uh, maybe someone named Doug could hand one to you later. Uh, They're all deacons today, so it works. But I invite you, if you haven't already, to look at that card. Uh, This is your tool. This is not a a pledge card for our building campaign. That's, That's later. But this is your tool to look at how you can better serve the Lord. The intention's not guilt. No one's keeping track of cards, counting the cards today. This is your tool to prayerfully consider and discern how you will grow in this year in service to God. How will you use your time, your talents, and your treasures? Because here's the deal about church. It is not a spectator sport. You are the church. Church is not a building or a worship Service. It is a people, a people called out to do God's business together. What the, that's what the word ekklesia mean, means, the Greek word in the New Testament used for the church. It means the called out ones. It's actually a political word. It's a word from Greek history, the name that Athens gave to the democratic assembly, the citizens that gathered to do the business of the community. They were the ekklesia. And that's the word, that deliberate democratic body, that's the word that Paul chose to name the church. The called out ones, called out to do the business of the kingdom of God. How are you being called out? What is the role God is calling you to play in the kingdom's business? Our text this morning that Doug just read to us is, Our last stop in our journey that began several months ago in Exodus chapter 1, we have journeyed with this people of Israel from the birth of Moses until this moment as the new nation is being born. And Joshua's once again gathered together the leaders of Israel. They've already entered the land. We saw that a few weeks ago. They are becoming a nation already. And soon Joshua, like Moses before him, will step away from leadership. But before he goes, he, like Moses, is going to remind the people once more. We need reminding we people like ourselves. We forget what God has done for us. Joshua reminds them of all that God has done and of the promises that they had made to God. Now, therefore, revere the Lord, he says, and serve him only. And the people hear Joshua's challenge and they reply, far be it for us to forsake God for foreign gods. But Joshua, well, Joshua isn't sure. His memory is longer than everyone else's. He remembers their ancestors who said, we we will always serve the Lord. And moments later built a golden calf. These people have made promises before. They've broken promises before. And so he pushes back. He agitates them a little bit. You cannot serve the Lord for he is a holy God, Joshua says. And then this beautiful call and response Begins as the people recommit themselves to God. You cannot serve the Lord, Joshua says. And the people respond, no, we will serve the Lord. Well, you are witnesses against yourself that you've chosen to serve him, Joshua says. We are witnesses, they say. 
Then, then if your witnesses, then put away foreign gods. Incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people reply, the Lord, our God, we will serve him and him only. And with that, Joshua seals this covenant that the people make before God that day. Now, in a moment, we're going to sing the song, Here I Am, Lord. It's one of the most popular hymns today for both Catholics and Protestants. In a recent article in America Magazine, they talked about the origin of this song. It was written by a Catholic hymn writer. And in prep for the article, the authors asked on their Twitter feed to give, for people to give feedback on this hymn. And the reviews were rather mixed. Some made comments like this person's, it's my favorite hymn. I feel the lyrics are being called by God and, and trusting him to walk with you through everything. Others said things like, can't stand it. My daughter smirks at me when it starts playing because she knows I hate it, would pay big dollars to never hear it again at Mass. Yeah, yeah, we sing it a lot in our church too. And I don't know if you love it or hate it, but if you do hate it, it is stewardship season. I'm not making promises, but you know, for the right amount on the commitment card. (laughs) Kidding, kidding. But Dan shoots the song's composer, was actually himself surprised that this song became so popular. It was a song written for a particular occasion, not for churches all over the world to sing for years. Mr. Shu was asked, uh, he was a 31-year-old Jesuit studying theology in Berkeley, California. And one of his friends asked him to write a song for an upcoming diaconate or ordination mass. I sort of had to catch on my breath, he said, to catch my breath, because he was knocking on my door on Wednesday, and I knew that the ordination mass was Sunday. On top of the short notice, Mr. Shute had been suffering from the flu for several days, and he sat at his desk with his guitar and a blank sheet of staff paper in front of him, praying, God, if I'm going to do this for my friend, you're going to have to help me. And Mr. Shute turned to the stories of the prophets for inspiration particularly Jeremiah, who Jeremiah also asked God to give him the right words to say. Now, the original lyrics of the chorus of the song were, Here I am, Lord. Here I stand, Lord. But after reviewing the stories of these prophets, the author thought, well, that's too strong. In all those stories, all of those people that God was calling to be prophets expressed in some way or another their humanness, their own self-doubt. And so he said he changed it from that confident version to the one in our hymnals, the more doubtful version. Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? And in 1979, Dan Shute wrote a hymn that he didn't plan to write. And one, like it or not, we're still singing 38 years later. Now, committing to Christ, it's not about having all the right answers. It isn't about perfection or getting it right. It's the response you give When you hear God's call, answering the best you can in the moment, and you may even say yes, and then have to find the strength to follow through. You don't have to get it right or be perfect. Just show up and say like Mr. Schutz did, God, if I'm going, if I'm going to do this, you are going to have to help me. And the thing is, God always does. The Lord of sea and sky, the hymn says, calling to you, asking you to step up, to step out, to do something you've never done before. 
And everything may be telling you you cannot serve the Lord. You cannot do it. But you respond in a way, no, no, I will serve the Lord. Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? Before we sing the first verse of that song, I want to invite Jenny to start playing one verse as we listen. While each of us spends a moment with that card in prayer, considering your own commitment. If you like, I invite you to write something down on that card. And when you come forward for communion, you can leave it in the baskets at the end of the aisle. Or you can take it home, think on it, pray on it for a while. We were getting cards last year, I think in February. That's all right. But how is God calling you? Can you serve the Lord? Here we are.